0: Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello! This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. On this episode, we're talking about Joker. This is the new film from director Todd Phillips, starring Joaquin Phoenix as the clown prince of crime. The IMDb plot summary reads, a gritty character study of Arthur Fleck. A man disregarded by society <laughs> I mean that is not
1: uh, th- th- that is nowhere near That's... what this movie is. I mean <laughs> it is, but there's so much more to it that 's a very that. vague,
0: very vague description
1: <laughs> that 's all there is really
0: That's all there is uh, yeah, well, that description it mentions nothing of like its connection to d c comics, yeah, but this is essentially an origin story of the joker who's best known from d c comics as batman 's arch villain. Uh, this isn't your typical comic book movie. I mean, typically we associate a comic book movie as usually like a team of you know superheroes get together, they fight a threat, kick
1: ass, mm-hmm. yeah, they win at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, usually there's a lot there's, of special effects. Yeah, uh, this is not that movie.
1: This is an actor showpiece.
0: It's a it's a character stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a character drama. One hundred percent. That like that that is uh, that was the inspiration for this movie. Yeah. It's primarily influenced by the early work of Martin Scorsese. Uh, the plot is basically a mashup of Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy, with a you know a little Batman twist thrown in. Um, but that's, I mean, that's basically the plot. You know, I mean, King of Comedy. You got Robert De Niro as this unhinged. I've
1: never seen King in Comedy. It's great. Am, am I losing out?
0: We, I mean, we have it yeah you gotta watch it okay but that
1: <laughs> it's on my it's on my watch list
0: you've seen taxi driver though right
1: yeah you made me see that one
0: <sighs> but this yeah it kind of it matches up the two of those but yeah uh king of comedy that had robert de niro he was a wannabe comic and he was obsessed with jerry langford who was played by jerry lewis who had his own talk show uh in that movie and so it, it kind of climaxes with him kidnapping Jerry Langford. And it's it's kind of this dark comedy. I mean, really, I mean, a great film. One of Martin Scorsese's, like, early, brilliant films. And this movie kind of nods to that with the casting of Robert De Niro. Yeah, He's in this oh. as a talk show host. So that's a direct nod. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, if you took those two movies and, you know, just crossed them with, uh, you know, like The Dark Knight or something... That that's kind of what you have going on here and it's I mean the movie it, it's it's had some controversy. It it recently played at the Venice Film Festival where it won the Golden Lion, which is the festival's top prize. Previous winners of that award include Roma and The Shape of Water.
1: Oh, snap.
0: Well, that puts this in good company. Uh Yeah. Although the the Rotten Tomatoes score is 69%, which is barely even fresh. That's lower I can see.
1: We'll we'll go into that.
0: That's lower than Captain Marvel. Ugh. Yeah ha yeah like how i i use captain marvel as an example because it's one of the worst comic book movies i've seen and yet if you go by the internet that movie is more worthy of your time than this one
1: well I everybody mean, likes a good versus evil
0: not every movie has to be black and white i mean that's just kind of become like a current recent thing it's
1: it's a current recent thing it's because that marvel has done it so well
0: marvel slash disney
1: Mm -hmm. has
0: really taken the the fun out of movies (laughs) i mean they've taken the um the ambiguity out of movies i would say but this movie it puts it right back in there and it's as a comic book movie it's unlike definitely what we're used to
1: definitely a darker comic book movie
0: You're right. Definitely darker. And on that note, I mean, there has been a little bit of quote unquote controversy with this movie. To me, it seems mainly fabricated by film critics and print media. But the leading question out of the movie's first festival screenings were like, oh, gosh, is this movie going to inspire copycat violence? Which I mean, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. And, you know, I'll just I'll preface this by saying I thought we were kind of beyond this conversation of trying to use like violent media as a scapegoat for real life violence.
1: But we're not because I mean, every time that there's, you know, some violence, whether it's a school shooting or, you know, another Las Vegas shooting, the big guy in the house and in the in the big white house saying it's all video games and media and And blaming it on them versus mental illness.
0: Or guns. Or guns, God God forbid, guns, yeah. Um, Well, I remember being in high school during the Columbine shootings, and um, The Matrix was in theaters. And people stupidly tried to blame The Matrix (laughs) (laughs) for the Columbine massacre. And I just thought, like, in the two decades since that point, like, the argument seemed like it was kind of laid to rest. Like, there's no direct link between fictional violence and real-world violence, and I say that fully aware that movies are the most powerful and influential art form that we have. Um, but you
1: said something to me the other day that, you know, movies are inspirational. But if somebody's going to, if somebody's got that mental illness or somebody that's already going to be thinking about doing a crime and. You know, watching a movie. I mean, they're they're already thinking about it before they even went to this movie or something, or you know, doing this video game or whatnot. Violent media,
0: yeah. It's just it's going to be feeding that. If you have that urge, it will, I guess, feed that. Just like anything could feed anything. Uh, I mean, I guess it it seems almost borderline irresponsible to like publicly speculate that a movie could incite violence before it's even opened. Like, with that, you're basically just creating like a self fulfilling scenario. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, as a result, there have been, like, some legitimate threats. And, like, security has had to be, like, ramped up at theaters.
1: <laughs> I didn't see, when we went, I didn't see any extra security. Did you?
0: No. Yeah. But apparently the, the FBI... Is is on alert. Now, I mean like the FBI has to have better things to do than monitor the release of a comic book movie.
1: <laughs> well, honestly, in the other movies that like, we've been on. to, like the pre-screenings and you know, all of these things, the FBI was there more than they they were there. You I don't know, think that's the
0: FBI. One. I think that's like uh, studio security.
1: I saw more security in those role and those Yeah, there doesn't need to be security.
0: Can... There doesn't need to be security for this movie. And I'll tell you, having seen it, like I mean you you would have to be mentally ill. To find any court, any sort of inspiration yeah. from the violence in this movie, and it's just—it's a little ironic that like this movie, which depicts violence as it is horrifying, brutal, and uh, upsetting, versus something like John Wick, uh, <laughs>
1: or or a Tarantino film, which is kind of a little bit sure, yeah, um, Tarantino
0: kind of yeah, comedic. His movies kind of skate yeah. by, but something like John Wick, which one hundred percent like fetishizes gun violence. And that movie skated on by without anyone really raising any red flags. I feel like to a healthy mind, violent movies and video games, they don't create aggression. They release it. Uh, I mean, they don't turn people into killers, but they are good outlets for natural aggression, I feel. You know, like if you're kind of like wired up a little bit, you know, you play some Grand Theft Auto, some Red Dead, whatever –
1: Assassin's and Creed for me, y'all.
0: Assassin's Creed, yeah. Some Destiny, Horizon, uh, whatever. <laughs> Witcher. Uh, Witcher, yeah. It's, it's a release of aggression, right? I mean, you get your angst out. And violent media is not for everyone. But again, to a healthy person, it, it can be a productive outlet. But any nut job can take the wrong lesson from the wrong thing.
1: From anything. Yeah.
0: So I don't even know why like, it, it's part of the conversation. You know, You want to talk about mental health. You want to talk about gun control? I mean, those are valid discussions. I mean, that's another talk for another day. I don't know why a comic book movie needs to become a part of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hollywood glamorizing gun violence. I mean, that's that's another argument. But again, it's a you know, violent media can be a a productive outlet.
1: I just think it's kind of ironic that ninety nine point nine percent of Hollywood is anti gun, but ninety nine point nine percent of their movies. Are all like glorified weapons, sure. guns, you know, ARs? Like that's, it, it's something, just,
0: that's something that Hollywood has been doing for decades. Very I mean, that's, hypocritical, in through, my opinion. They, they've been yeah, they've been walking that hypocrisy for decades. And if if you're someone who does see violent media as like a negative influence, as a threat, I encourage you not to watch it <laughs> and, and not don't engage with don't it.
1: Don't watch.
0: Don't engage with it. But there are folks where violent video games whatever those first person shooters you know those uh, 80s actioners they serve a purpose they're i mean they provide a, a an outlet um so yeah when this movie was first announced three years ago it seemed like a pretty bad idea especially like coming off the heels of suicide squad which had jared leto as the joker yeah you know and this was like a, a, a joker origin story with a different actor from Todd Phillips, the guy who's best known for the Hangover movies, it it, it didn't make any sense. (laughs) It's like, Warner Brothers is like, what are you doing? But I think once Joaquin Phoenix got attached, there was a lot more legit curiosity.
1: Like, if you got Joaquin Phoenix attached to your film, I I think he probably, he goes method, doesn't he?
0: Well, (laughs) he seemed like he went method on this, and yeah, I mean, the best example I can think of, he made made this fake documentary with with Casey Affleck called... uh, I'm still here. And this is a documentary, a supposed documentary, where he pretends to ditch acting to pursue a rap career. And he went on David Letterman, (laughs) bombed the interview, uh, and refused to engage as an actor. Like, he's like, I'm a rapper. And he would get on stage and rap horribly. (laughs) Most people forget this movie exists. I remember it. I mean, I saw it in an empty theater. So, like, I... (laughs) I, I can't forget it I, he committed so thoroughly to it people thought he was legit I, I mean it, people were making fun of it uh, like Ben Stiller at the Oscars you know had like that big ass beard oh
1: yeah this
0: was that period yeah people thought he had lost his mind <laughs> but it Maybe was just he did,
1: but it was a bit
0: well it was it was him committing to a role yeah is what it was <laughs> and so yeah I mean that movie it didn't really do him any career favors but he rebounded and he's made movies since then with Paul Thomas Anderson, with Spike Jones. He's been in a number of really interesting films giving a, some great performances and just kind of leading up to this. And so with this movie Joker, there's not really much of a plot to summarize. I mean, it's New York in the 1980s. This guy Arthur. There
1: this, is a plot.
0: Well, this okay, this guy Arthur he lives with his mom, he works as a street clown and he's going insane. I mean, that's that's the movie.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> Correct me. No, the movie is <laughs> he's already insane. He's trying to be normal, trying to act normal. And he's trying to keep a
0: lid on it. He's, he's trying to keep trying a, to lid, keep on a it. lid on yeah, it, right? right? Okay. And
1: then, as it, as the movie goes on and on and on, he just stops he, caring he, about
0: keeping that lid on.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And he embraces his insanity.
0: Yeah. Again, that's not much of a plot. I mean that that's that's a description of what happens, but there's not much that there's not much of a plot is what i'm saying and that's okay
1: but that is a plot okay i mean that's a good character ain't sure. all of these different things i'm not knocking
0: it i I like that the movie is very uh, streamlined and focused on this character the movie doesn't stray from this guy at all no so what um what what did you think of Uh, joe
1: so we haven't talked about this no, this we saw our, we saw last night. Yeah, and we went in separate cars and left in separate vehicles, so we didn't get a chance to talk about this at the end. So, it's a good movie. It made me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel sad. It made me feel like our healthcare system for the mental illness just isn't there when funding keeps getting cut like in the end, like I feel like What Joker became is what society kind of pushed him to become. And nobody really took it. I mean, his mom was batshit crazy. I mean, like, he didn't... He was working with a whole bunch of clowns who were all alcoholics and, like, giving him guns and shit. There was nobody that was really, like, on his side. His friend. And and so I, I really thought it was an interesting take on the Joker.
0: In the beginning, you definitely sympathize w- with with his situation. 100%. I think at a certain point, he crosses uh, certain lines.
1: Well, he does.
0: Yeah. yeah. But definitely 100%. I mean, again, it's a two-hour character study on Arthur Fleck, who's played by Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, yeah, you can't help but empathize.
1: So I have two big gripes. My first gripe is how the movie portrayed the Wayne family. They portrayed the Wayne family. I mean, you know, in the comic books and what I I understand, the Wayne family was very giving and, and they gave back to the community. They were That's some
0: interpretations. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: But they really made what, what's the Wayne dad dad Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne an asshole
0: in yeah, this movie. He, he's not, I mean, he's they, not very sympathetic. He
1: is not sympathetic at all in yeah. this movie whatsoever. Maybe we see more of that in the other movies. In in
0: Christopher Nolan's movies, yeah, Thomas Wayne is a a great man of the city who's very well respected. And yeah, Bruce has big shoes to fill in Batman Begins.
1: Well, yeah, so that's where. But but that's one take. That's one take on it. That's one take. I understand that.
0: I think this movie is using that character to represent corrupt politicians corrupt, bloated, compromised
1: politicians. My second gripe, is Joker really that much older than Batman? Because, I mean, they really have a 30-year age difference.
0: This movie, yeah. Bruce Wayne, he looks like he's maybe about 10.
1: Younger than that, 9.
0: Yeah, he's pretty young. He's a little (laughs) tyke.
1: And then the Joker is in his 30s. 40s. 40s. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, I I just, I always thought they were kind of at the same age and not like having that big of a gap or maybe like a 10-year gap or whatever, but not that huge of a gap. And that just kind of makes it for, you know, when Joker becomes Joker and Batman becomes Batman, In previous... how, how do they really go after it? Because Bat- Joker is going to be an old fart when Batman gets to his age.
0: In, pre- <laughs> In previous iterations, yeah, they've been more mutually uh, aligned age-wise you think of like nicholson and keaton um
1: every single christian Batman, bale yeah. and heath
0: ledger so At yeah I, I see what you're saying
1: close but i think they had to
0: really de-age bruce so he wasn't any kind of credible threat to this character like bruce wayne is not really much of a character in this like if he bruce wayne a
1: teenager if he was a teenager but then he, the kid the, the parents would have already died
0: there uh, you go. Well, yeah. yeah. If he was a teenager, yeah. he could be a viable threat to the Joker. He could be, you know, like Batman in training. It's at this age, Bruce Wayne doesn't really figure into the story.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: And he doesn't have to.
1: But yes, he does.
0: At this age, he doesn't have to. Like he's just well, a little no, kid. Well, no, but there
1: there is a big story twist.
0: Sure. That yeah. We'll, we'll get into we'll get that. Spoilers. spoilers. There was yeah that led to one unintentionally funny moment for me when he's sticking his hands in the. Kid's oh my. Mouth
1: god i was just like what are you doing
0: it's the kid's reaction uh, which is like no reaction he i mean look if a stranger is shoving his fingers into my mouth and i'm like seven eight I years bite old it. you it. yeah you bite it you run the hell away <laughs> you don't just stand there like huh yeah <laughs>
1: like, that was weird yeah
0: those that yeah that's a little nitpick <laughs> it was, it did just, you
1: have i guess played, you had it, that yeah that scene, played weird
0: that moment played kind of weird just the fact that the kid didn't have any response.
1: Yeah. So what did you? Okay. So I gave you mine. Yeah. I, I, you know, I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a good job. I mean, he lost a ton of weight. Lost like fifty um, pounds. Yeah. And there, there's a lot more about his character in the movie that we'll get into. Spoilers.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. That, that's all spoilers. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, what did I think? I think this movie works on two levels. It works. If you're looking at it as a comic book fan, uh, and through that lens, you know how does this origin fit into the canon of Batman and his relationship with the Joker? I think it works, even though you mentioned the age discrepancy. They maybe cast the little kid a a little young, (laughs) a little bit. Maybe maybe a little young. They could have made him like preteen or something. That that wasn't a huge deal with me. I mean. You know, the Joker's an evil dude. You know, maybe he, he doesn't age that fast. I maybe he takes a
1: tonic that's like, yeah. keeps him young. Yeah, he's like
0: drinking tiger
1: blood. Oh, right. my. Yeah. But he's I, winning. I
0: thought the way this tied into the just the Batman mythology and the whole comic book canon uh, was, it, it fit. It fit. There was a moment where it seemed like it's not really going to fit. But ultimately, it it, it, does, it does for me. Yeah. yeah. So you can look at it through that angle. But for me, it's more interesting to look at it as like a Scorsese-influenced, big-budget, ultra-bleak <laughs> character study. Which it is bleak. It, which is what it is. It's a very bleak, um, uncompromising character study with a huge corporate budget behind
1: it. <laughs> and not a good ending. but Not, not a happy, happy ending. ending. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This movie is not a, a pick-me-up. This movie is not... <laughs> it's, yeah, this isn't something you cuddle up with on, like, a rainy day to no. kind of, like, lift the blues. <laughs> like, it's a dark descent yeah. into madness. And it gets, I found it, honestly, like, the just the more disturbing it got, like, the more compelling and gripping it got for me. And it, it definitely gets darker towards the second half.
1: Yeah, I, that, I will say it was a little slow.
0: It's a slow burn. Yeah. Definitely, like, the first 30 minutes, I mean, he's just clowning around getting his ass kicked giving his mom baths laughing hysterically it's it's a slow burn but i appreciated it for me it didn't feel too long it didn't feel too boring because of just how commanding and committed joaquin phoenix was he
1: definitely was and
0: scene to scene you can feel his character evolving and where this guy starts in his first scene and where he ends up at the end you know like bebopping and scatting on the streets It's a full transformation. I mean, I thought. he
1: finds his true self, and he's finally happy with who he is. I like,
0: yeah, I like at movies. The end. Absolutely, he becomes his true self through murder. <laughs> I like movies where a char- where you see a character transform completely over the course of a feature length runtime, and Joaquin does that. And I feel like that's you know you could knock this movie as being like too grim or too depressing. But it's hard to knock his performance. Uh, I've seen people criticize this movie, saying like it's it's shallow. The movie's not like saying anything important. I don't think this movie is trying to make any like big sweeping no. grand thematic statements about society. I think it's re- it's mainly just committed to being a character study of, yeah. a, of a mentally it, ill person.
1: It, it's, it's just about the Joker, and the Joker d- didn't really want to do a political stunt. Like he got into it because somebody was beating his ass and he he actually had he had a you know a weapon to protect himself
0: this isn't too much of a spoiler but yeah like a a murder he commits three he he kills some yuppies on a subway they're they're beating the shit out of him i mean they kind of have it coming they have it coming up to like that third guy i would say like where he chases down that third guy who's like no please that's that that's where you start to cross that line yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but no, they're, these guys are being terrible to him
1: and to uh, to, and women to this other other yeah. woman.
0: Yeah, I mean they're just awful, and they're like these yuppies. They work for Thomas Wayne, and so their murders they inspire this sort of like class movement. I guess. Yeah, I thought that was honestly the the biggest stretch of the film that requires like kind of the biggest leap of logic. I can't imagine like a clown murdering people on a subway, inspiring anyone to do anything. No,
1: yeah. So it's kind of ironic. And he didn't mean it. He didn't know that these three guys were from Thomas Wayne's company.
0: In a comic book movie, I can kind of go with that logic, like his murder inspires a movement, whatever. But it's kind of ironic that people are so afraid that this movie is going to inspire copycat violence. And I thought that was one of the biggest stretches of the film that his actions inspire anyone to do anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's he's not an inspiring character. Not at all. Whatsoever. <laughs> and it's he, uncomfortable. Oh oh yeah. I mean big time. The movie the movie leans big time into just provoking discomfort. And
1: I think uh, I leaned and, in on you one time and I'm like, I, I feel, like, I'm yeah. just comfortable <laughs> I, I'm not comfortable in this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this movie's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think it was like when he was like uh, doing stand up or something. It's every scene with him is like, <laughs> just queasy. And, but that's I mean that's all intentional. Like that's not Yeah. Let's uh let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll get into spoilers.
1: Sounds good.
0: All right. We're back and we're going to get into some spoilers for Joker. I guess there's a couple of twists going on here. Um, One of the first ones involves Thomas Wayne. Yeah. His mom, who's played by Frances Conroy. I
1: love her. She's good in this. I think she's fabulous.
0: She, She leads Arthur to believe that she had an affair with Thomas Wayne and that Arthur is Thomas Wayne's son.
1: That's not how it goes.
0: Well, he discovers a letter. Yeah, and he confronts her about it. Yeah, and she leads him to believe that it's true. Yeah, and so yeah, this leads to the scene where he goes to the Wayne gate entrance and he sticks his hands in the kid's (laughs) mouth. And the
1: kid—he sees, he sees Bruce in the gazebo, (laughs) and then he starts, you know, doing his clown spiel. Right, and kind of got him over to the gate. Yeah, and you know, real creep. Creepy, sure. like oh, oh yeah. my god
0: everything Joaquin's doing in the scene is is on point it's just the kid he, he who's expressionless so, I don't know what happened with this kid so Joaquin
1: kid. is like really excited <laughs> to have a you know thinks that he has a brother yeah he just in his creepy little way he wants to put a smile on the kid's he face he wants to put a smile on the kid's yeah. face
0: so he sticks his, his fingers in and just kind of like tilts his mouth like <laughs> yeah. a smile yeah and the kid just lets him do it. And there's no expression on this kid's face. And then I guess Alfred. Or, Alfred, or, yeah. Or yeah, some kind of security on, on the property. He interjects. <laughs> like, like get, get your hands out of this kid's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? And so, yeah, that scene happens. And so then at uh, a later scene, um, uh, Arthur, he gets into a, some sort of confrontation with Thomas Wayne. And then he reveals that his mom was schizophrenic.
1: Yeah. And at, that he was adopted.
0: Correct. Yeah. And so he's not related no. to Thomas Wayne or Bruce Wayne. Or Bruce, yeah. And thank God, because that's...
1: That would have been a real crazy...
0: That, that would not have worked. No. <laughs> like from a comic book point of view, no. no, that would not have flown. That's another example of where the movie's kind of like dangling hope in front of its characters and then kind of taking it off the table. Yeah. Which is something we're not used to in big movies. You know, usually like a movie will present a character with a goal give them some obstacles to overcome. And And then then they they achieve it. They achieve their goal. And this movie, it keeps, yeah, it keeps removing hope from these characters.
1: Yeah, and then Joker goes to the Arkham Hospital to get his mother's records. Yeah. And then come to find out he, he gets the records...
0: He, he finds out he's abused.
1: He's he was abused.
0: His mother allowed him to be abused.
1: Yeah, it was a house of terror. Apparently, it was all in the news. And then he goes to the hospital, confronts the mother after she had a stroke, so she's in the hospital.
0: Right, because people were questioning her. Yeah, and she had like a heart attack or yeah, stroke.
1: And he smothered her with a pillow.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's another uncomfortable scene because it's like, wow, that's so extreme. And then you realize, like. As awful as that scene is, it 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 stirs up conflicting feelings exactly. <laughs> it's because they're both bad people. Yeah. And you you understand the motivation for it, I guess. As bad as it is, you understand the yeah. motivation. And uh, so, yeah, there's also – there's another, I thought, brilliant bit of misdirection going on with his neighbor, played by uh, Zazie Beats.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, yeah, there's a couple scenes where it looks like they're – they're in some sort of relationship yeah <laughs> she's like just kind of touching him casually and then i'm thinking like what when did this happen yeah
1: i'm <laughs> and, like this is weird yeah this is
0: weird and
1: because she's normal she's pretty like she's got a kid she's right you now
0: it's yeah it's just kind of like when when did this happen <laughs> like the movie just kind of skipped over this because he does not seem like the type of dude who who can bag anyone <laughs> no <laughs> who can yeah who can really convince any girl to spend uh, a lengthy amount of time with him <laughs> he just yeah he doesn't seem capable of it in this movie that's it's a big source of a lot of the tension and unease yeah. in the film but yeah it turns out i mean he's basically just kind of stalking her and he ends up in her apartment and she barely even remembers his name
1: yeah And And then we find out that it was all a hallucination. Yeah, we pull a
0: Fight Club, and yeah, yeah, the movie like makes it literal. In case you didn't get it, like he was imagining all of this. (laughs) All of his encounters with her were imagined.
1: And you know that caught me off guard. You know, I wasn't, I, I, you know, I was kind of rooting for the, you know, romance or whatnot. But then, well,
0: once she says what's your name? You're Arthur, aren't you? Yeah. That's that's when it starts to kind of click in. Yeah. But in case you don't get it, the the movie does flashback. (laughs) It pulls a fight club.
1: There's also another um, scene where his bit gets videotaped and gets put on the Murray Franklin show.
0: Who's played by Robert De Niro. Yeah. 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 He plays this clip and he mocks Arthur.
1: He mocks Arthur, but then invites Arthur to come and do some of his bit
0: and mock him some more
1: and to mock him some more and so this is when arthur had his like starts to
0: like hatch a plan
1: yeah and this is his like mental like break
0: this is this is where it's into taxi driver territory honestly um and yeah i guess we didn't mention like he does he gets a gun from one of his co-workers
1: yes just for one of the clown co-workers
0: Right, when, when he's working as a clown, and he does... Yeah, we also didn't mention he loses his job as a clown. That's another... There's so many, like, kind of, like, tipping point moments that, that kind of, like, add up. But he's, he's fired as a clown because he brings that gun into a children's hospital while he's trying to entertain kids, and the gun falls out of his mouth. Yeah. I mean, that's another very uneasy moment. <laughs> and so, yeah, he rightfully loses his job for that, uh, but he still has the gun, so yeah, so and that's
1: he, the same gun that he used to kill and, and to kill those three people on the subway that we were talking about earlier, and that started the movement.
0: Right, and there's also some cops investigating that murder, and they're sort of sniffing around uh, the coworkers. Yep, which leads to like one of the most jolting scenes, like when his coworkers come by his apartment.
1: Oh my god. That's what I'm saying. Like the
0: violence Gore. in this, yeah, the violence in this is like very uh, very upsetting. Like v- I mean just very Ooh. disturbing. So it's this is not a movie that could be accused in any way of glamorizing violence. Uh, the Joker is 100% deranged. A self-admitted mentally ill yeah. person. I mean, he you know, he has these um, in- involuntary laughter spasms and he carries around a card and it's not shtick. Like no. he's really mentally ill. He has a problem, and like his laughs are like half like sobbing, like choking. Uh, it looks like it, like he's in physical pain while he's laughing. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of moments where the camera's just close up on him laughing hysterically. <laughs> So that's, yeah, I mean, that's that's the type of movie it is. Yeah. And,
1: and then at the end. He hatches
0: his plan. He
1: hatches his plan. He goes on the Arthur Murray show.
0: You think his plan is to kill himself. Yeah. Yeah. But once he's on there, um, he just.
1: Confesses he, to everything.
0: And he blows away Robert De Niro.
1: Yeah, that was probably the best thing. Point blank. <laughs> Boom.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Robert De Niro's dead.
1: On live TV. <laughs> After that, there's he like a big arrested. riot. There's like a
0: big riot in the street. There's right? a riot in
1: the street. He gets arrested. He's on the way to Arkham.
0: He's sprung from the cop car. He
1: is. He's. He gets hit by all the rioters. He, yeah. the, and and they free him.
0: Yeah. And Pretty then cool scene. I
1: know. And then he starts dancing on the car. And when he, and like, everybody's going woo. Oh,
0: and he like he smears the blood on his face yeah. to kind of form that like bloodstained smile. This this interpretation of the Joker is very much in line with what Heath Ledger was doing. Yeah. Just like a very damaged social outcast who has these inexplicable criminal connections. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and this and movie it, explains it, how and it happened. It doesn't, doesn't care. Like... He doesn't care about He doesn't have a cause He doesn't have a cause
0: He cares about nothing
1: He doesn't care about Murdering innocent people
0: That's why he's very much In line with Heath Ledger's Just straight anarchy Yeah uh, Just damaged Sick puppy (laughs) Who's uh, Gets his kicks killing
1: Let's talk about the ending Where he's actually In the asylum And It's just a
0: short little bit It's
1: just a short little bit But
0: Well the He's having He's just laughing again Right Laughing hysterically
1: and then, yeah. The scene ends. he's talk, yeah, he's talking to a psychiatrist.
0: Yeah, he's talking to a psychiatrist. And then, like, the scene supposedly ends. But when he's out in the hallway, his, his shoes are stained with blood. So we can assume the murder just happened off screen. Yeah. That's good directing. I mean, that's, it's, yeah, that's, that's very skillful. Uh, when you're leaving it up to the audience's imagination and, you, you know, you're skillful enough to kind of trigger that imagination, Todd Phillips, again, like a, a big leap for him. Like, I mean, from the Hangover movies and like, you know, War Dogs and Starsky and Hutch, uh, this is a big leap. Yeah. It just, uh, from a filmmaking point of view, the movie looks great. Uh, I mean, it, it captures 1980s New York, uh, I thought very well, really well. It's just a very vivid sense of atmosphere and time and place. So yeah, I was very impressed.
1: So would you consider this a, Date movie. Hell no. I would not either. (laughs) No way. Like I was squirming. I was like. I mean, once you buy a ticket, you're you're trapped with the
0: Joker for two hours. There's no break. You know, most movies like you get a cutaway to other characters where you get other, you know, other points of view kind of enter the story. Really, the only point of view entering this story is the Jokers.
1: That's a good point. And
0: that's that's what makes this movie feel very uncompromising. Especially for a studio movie. Yeah. Because, again, a studio movie, you know, uh, typically you're going to, like, cut to the cops or something. Like, talk about this, you know, this sick psycho that they got to track down or something. You don't get those points of view. It, it's the Joker and just his complete uh, uh, unraveling mental state. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this movie gives you. So, no, not a good date movie. But it's an A movie, uh, I would say, for sure. I would give this an A. I think it's one of the year's best. Um, I would
1: give it an A-. minus. Sure just because of those two things that I had issues with.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, like I said I had I had a little nitpick with the, you know, the fingers in Bruce Wayne's mouth bit and you know, I thought the whole, you know, Joker inspiring a movement is probably the biggest logical stretch in the movie, but in a comic book movie I can go with it. But those are little nitpicks and it didn't uh, diminish the power of this movie. I mean, it is powerfully disturbing. <laughs> it is very it's it's ve- very dark and very disturbing. Uh, I feel like a lot of people at a certain age will probably think it's it's boring for the most part. And it's when I say it's disturbing, it's not like it's graphic or like a lot particularly. Of action.
1: There's not necessarily a lot of action in this either. There's it's, like... it's not
0: particularly gory or graphic. It's just tonally disturbing. Yeah, just all throughout. I, I think like the high point for me was after that kind of like brutal murder in his apartment. You know, and like the 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 short guy trying to get out. <laughs>
1: It's, oh, my God. So
0: it's like it's mixing this like like weird, dark comedy in with this horrific moment. Um, and then like right after that, he is like dancing down the steps, just like yeah. bebopping. And I just I thought that was just wonderfully choreographed. Just like you feel the euphoria that he gets from this horrible murder. The, I mean, the movie captures it and he's having a hell of a time. That's Joker, directed by Todd Phillips. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the show and want to do something nice, give us a good rating on iTunes. It really means a lot and it helps out the show. You can find us on Twitter at DM Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick.
1: And I'm Ashley.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: See ya.